0: morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Wishes and blessings upon all of you, to each of you here in this room and to those of you in our online family. Uh, I do pray that you are surrounded uh, by God's love, uh, by people that love you. I pray that you experienced that. I pray that you experienced the favor of God, the blessing of God for why these seasons of life uh, mean the most to us. It doesn't take a lot. Uh, It just takes the emphasis of love, the people who genuinely love you, who genuinely care about you, who are authentic. In their concern, in their love, in their surrounding of you, the favor of God um, through things like that. So I I pray that your Thanksgiving was blessed. Uh, Interesting, I I was traveling on Thursday to spend uh, Thanksgiving with my mother, which is a a tradition uh, for us in our home and as a part of my background. And I'm on my way to see her and my vehicle breaks down in that wild. So uh, I'm going to be with her. I had uh, a couple of our kids there. I've uh, been spending some time with the kids. And so I'm on my way to see mom. The truck breaks down. So Thanksgiving, uh, it's funny. For all of us, there are always changes. There are always challenges. And, and yet in the midst of whatever it is that you're facing, uh, you're still blessed. Uh, there are still things to be thankful for. And, and even in this season of life, uh, you are overcomers and you are equipped to overcome. Today, I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to wrap it all together uh, on, on how you and I can be overcomers in the midst of life challenge, in the midst of life change in the midst of great personal difficulty, great global difficulty, whatever it is that you're walking through, how you're processing, I want to talk to you today about the final piece uh, of how to overcome. So let me get you to take your Bibles. We're going back to that beginning of Genesis. We're going to wrap up there today, and we're going to enter into our Christmas season next week, which um, we're going to talk about the blessings of God even in the midst of 2020. God's blessings in the midst of 2020 Uh, you if you have not you will receive a letter from me each word pinned very intently for you and as I pin that for you it's because I know that in the midst of one of the greatest and most difficult years that many people will want to forget you don't ever want to forget you never really want to move on From the great moments that God has blessed you with and what he's shown you even in the midst of some of the most challenging times. So I encourage you be in church or be online and be committed through the month of December because God is going to change your outlook on life with the blessings that he's given you as you move forward into 2021. And so with that, take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. We're going to look there today as we finish the series. Now I have to acknowledge this morning that uh, I am going to, in some regard, cram in several of the things that I have penned in my journal about life during this season. So you're going to want to listen intently and follow along. I've broken them down into categories. Some of these are... Uh, principles, though, um, help us really finalize how to move forward and overcome in life. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I wrote that poem for you uh, to be a blessing for you. And and I hope that you were able to read that, go back and listen to that. Several of you have commented and said, um, hey, pastor, will you send that to me? I've never been spoken to like that before. So I'm I'm very grateful. That's been my goal during the season of even challenge for me is to build you up as the church because I love you and I'm grateful for you and you are an overcomer. And and so today, let me do a recap before we read the scripture. Overcomers, if you're taking notes, if you've missed part of the series, um, let me give you the seven principles that I've talked about so far. um, And you will want these as a part of your own personal journal. As a part of your own commitment in life to move forward. Um, Here they are, overcomers. Number one, they recognize that life is short. Life is short and yet life is a gift. And so what do you do with the gift of life? You don't know how long it's going to be, but what do you do with the gift of life? You live it and you give it. You live it and you give it. You live it and you give it your best and you give it away to the people that are around you, the people that you love. That's how you overcome is that you live the gift of life that God has given you. And you don't lose it in the midst of pandemics or personal shutdowns or challenges that are greatly, deeply personal and affecting to you. You do not give away the gift of life. It is a gift. So live it. And give it. That's number one. Number two. Overcomers learn and realize that it is okay to be human. It's okay to be human. Being human is a beautiful thing. You have been created to be men and women in God's image. And in his image you are broken and fallen. And that brings with it all kinds of challenges that this world reveals in us. But you are also redeemed by an incredible Savior, Jesus. So being human means that you embrace both your fallenness and the perfection of His redemption and what He's doing to recreate you as a child of God. It's okay to be human. Overcomers recognize that. They are broken but redeemed. Overcomers, they overcome by focusing on one good thing Each day. One good thing each day. There are good things in your life. Whether you feel it or not. Regardless of the moments that you may be going to the deepest despair that you've ever been to. Or someone that you love and care about is. Finding one good thing each day that God has given to you. And focusing on That, that will help you overcome when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death may look different for each and every one of us. It may be that it is personal related, pandemic related, for some of you, even politic related. But here's the thing, none of that should steal from you the gift of life. And how do you overcome in the moments where life challenges you and changes you and it hammers you from every perspective? How do you overcome? Find one good thing that God has given to you and you focus on that. When you focus on that, you're going to become an overcomer. One of the greatest gifts, one of the good things that I've learned to do and had to do during this season of life. Very personal, but very real. I've learned that one good thing that helps me each day is that I breathe deeply. Deeply. I breathe in and I breathe out. Multiple times a day. And I focus on it because it's a gift. It helps me breathe out some of the destruction, despair, discouragement that the world just puts on my shoulders. and My shoulders are not really that broad. And I know that for many of you as I've walked through this season of life with you, you've also had to battle through things in the midst of a pandemic that are very personal for you. Listen, slow down and breathe. The whole pandemic is about not being able to breathe. The whole world is about trying to take from you the joy of breath. You may have to sigh to get it out, but breathe it out. And then as is the gift of life that God gave to Adam and Eve, God breathed into them the breath of life. And just like he breathed into them, he has breathed the breath of life into you. That's one good thing. And that one good thing may empower you and strengthen you as you continue to move ahead in the days that God will bring us. Principle number four, overcomers realize that love is the greatest gift of all. To be loved is the greatest gift of all. And with love, you give it your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. That is what full investment is. Into those you genuinely, authentically, perfectly, and purely love, and those who love you. So embrace love. Listen, it's going to look different in all of our lives. For some of you, you have the person that you genuinely, authentically love. For some of you, you're not in that season of life, it has changed for you. Listen, you are still loved, you are still embraced. By people who genuinely believe the best about you. So embrace the gift of love. Love will strengthen you. Love will help you overcome. It is God's greatest gift. And it conquers all. That's principle number four. Principle number five by way of reminder. Overcomers realize there is always an excuse. There's always an excuse to not move forward by faith. So eliminate your excuses. Eliminate your excuses. Eliminate the things that hold you back from being the best you. This period of time has revealed that a lot of people have a lot of excuses for not moving ahead. Do not be one of them. Find a way to overcome by eliminating the things that hold you back from being the man or the woman that God has called you to be and that God has placed in your heart to be. Eliminate those excuses and move forward. Number six, by way of reminder, overcomers recognize that one of the greatest ways to overcome in life is to be a hero. Be a hero and specifically be a hero for someone else. A hero, as we talked about, is not someone who has to post an image about themselves for the world to believe something about them that really is not truly who they are. A hero is not that. A hero is someone who finds the internal fortitude to overcome, even in their humanity, the great difficulties of life And choose to be a blessing, a hero for someone else. They choose to do that for their children. They choose to do that for their spouse. They choose to do that for their friends. They choose to do that for their employers or their employees. They choose to do that for the church of Jesus Christ. And heroes that become people who say, It's not about me. But I will choose to overcome by being a hero for someone else in my life. Listen, that will give you a sense of purpose to overcome any difficulty that comes your way. Pandemics, personal, or anything else. Be a hero. Number seven, uh, which I spoke on a couple of weeks ago. Ultimately, overcomers, they have to move forward. They don't get a choice. And in God's grace, sometimes he sets up boundaries that keep them from moving backwards. So they have to move forward. God did this for Adam and Eve. He did not give them a choice. And that was deeply challenging, I know, and you would know for them. But it was God's greatest act of grace post the fall to push them forward to what was next. And so we talked about that a couple of weeks ago And therefore, that brings me to the final point for overcomers. Overcomers, today I want to talk to you about the ability that you have, that I have, that we have, to make it happen. You have to make it happen. At the end of the day, a lot of us live by spiritual principles. We live by belief systems, which I'll talk about in the new year, our belief systems. Sometimes we have to stop and we have to deal with our belief systems. We live by that. But at the end of the day, once God has given you a direction, a word, a calling, a conviction, how you overcome is not about at that point how you feel or looking for a fresh word. It's about making it happen. And I want to teach you today about how to make it happen. Here's the life lesson. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. We're going to look at a few verses from Genesis again. But life lesson, the principle of the day is that overcomers learn how to make it happen in the midst of life. Overcomers learn how to make it happen in the midst of life. And what a great challenge, what an interesting phrase, because what we're going to deal with today is not only the expectations that others will place on us, but perhaps not meet themselves, but even the expectations that we will place on ourselves that we can't meet. How do you wrestle through that? How do you make it happen when you don't feel like you can? Or when you've done everything you possibly can do to make it happen, and yet it's not getting to where you believed or where you wanted or where you desired to get. How do you still make it happen? Well, we're going to look at the final events, Genesis chapter 4, of what happens For Adam and Eve. The whole garden experience we've discussed in this series. I think it's a very fresh way to look at the first book of scripture, those first few chapters, to realize that even then as Adam and Eve had to battle through great difficulty in the midst of their garden, they still had to make it happen. And they had to make it happen just in a different way. And so they did. They committed and they figured out how to do it. So I want to read to you today Uh, The first two verses of Genesis chapter 4 and the last two verses of Genesis chapter 4. And I want you to learn with me uh, this principle of making it happen as the final step of overcoming in life, um, regardless of what you face, what you walk through um, in the moments that you have been given by God. Uh, Genesis chapter 4 verse 1, I want to read this. I'm going to read the King James Version today. Because the King James Version actually has very specific detail that I think is fascinating to help us understand what it means to make it happen and to overcome in life. So you don't have to stand today. The words will be on the screen. Uh, I just want to read these to you. And for our online family, uh, these are there for you as well. The Bible says this. And Adam knew Eve, his wife. Adam knew her. And she conceived and she bare Cain and she said, I have gotten a man, notice this, from the Lord. I have received something from the Lord. It was God who had given Cain. And she bare again his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep But Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now I realize you all are really good Christians and excellent students of the Bible. And so I understand that you already in your brains have played out the whole scenario of Cain and Abel. But stop in the name of love. Because the reality is that's how we do life. We run through life and we miss the joy of the moment of making it happen. We miss the joy of the moments that God has given in the midst of whatever challenge it is that you have to overcome. Let's recall for just a second that Adam and Eve have experienced great personal failure, great personal pain. And they're having to process through all of that. And they have no choice but to move forward, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And a part of them moving forward is the recognition that they knew one another. They knew one another. And, and, and other translations are interesting because naturally they will take the biblical phrase and they will measure it out um, toward the sexual implications of what this means. You know, man and woman get together, they have children, right? And so there are new translations that reflect that. But the word know is so deep. To know someone. To walk with someone in their deepest valleys, in their deepest challenges. To know them and their emotions. To know what makes them them. To stand with them when they are suffering. To walk with them when they don't have the answers. To stand beside them when there is great challenge to the future. Listen, you can make it happen when you have people around you. Who know you genuinely, truly. Adam knew Eve. Eve knew Adam. And in the midst of this, they had two children. And immediately again, we're going to, well, Cain was a bad seed. Come on now. I mean, when your children were born, did you first look at the child that you were given and go, that's a bad seed. If you felt that way, please don't tell anybody. Okay? And by the way, everybody I know screws up somehow, right? And so immediately we're going to write Cain off. Come on now. In the midst of life, God gives blessings. And overcomers learn how to make it happen in life, even in the midst of challenges. And so Adam and Eve, they know each other. And they are blessed by having Cain. Likewise, they are blessed by having Abel. And in the midst of being thrown out from what they cherished and believed in and longed for, in the midst of being blocked from going back, they still knew each other and they still embraced the blessings and God gave them. See, that's the beautiful thing about learning to make it happen is you have to understand that what you have is what God has given. I talked about this a few weeks ago. It's not what you want, but it's what you have. It's what God has given that you make something of, not what you want God to give. And God gave them Cain. God gave them Abel. And it's not who you want or who you want someone to be. It's who you have. That's how you learn to overcome. It's what's right in front of you. And Adam and Eve embraced what was. And they took care of what was. And God blessed them. Now... I'm going to skip the part that everybody else wants to know about, right? Because the truth of life is we could all point out your failures, my failures, all of the challenges, the government's failures, the system's failures, the culture's failures. You could point out a lot of failures during this pandemic. But what good does that do? I mean, are you blessed that way by someone pointing out how despicable and a bad seed that you are? Absolutely not. And so let's look at the next blessing that Adam and Eve received. You go to the end of the chapter and what you see is the Bible says this. And by the way, I know many of you good Christians right now are going, Oh, but there's some lessons to be learned from Cain and Abel. Absolutely there are. But that's not what you need today to be an overcomer. You need to be equipped to become the best you that you can become to overcome. And so you see the next blessings From verse 25, Adam knew his wife again, which implies that there was a season, as in all of our lives, a season where maybe they didn't know each other the way they thought they did. Or maybe they didn't know how to process the difficulties, but they kept working through it. They knew each other again. Isn't that beautiful? And as they knew each other again, she bare a son. And she called his name Seth. And each name in scripture means something. So, for God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel who Cain slew. So even in Seth, you have this picture of God's grace and God's redemption. Even in the midst of death, you have a picture of life. And it comes through Seth, another blessing. That's what his name means. And so she called him that. God has given me life again in the midst of death, in the midst of what I feel. What a beautiful portrait of how you also can overcome and make it happen even when you don't feel like it, when life is stacked against you, when things don't make sense. You can be empowered because God is a God of redemption. And he has a purpose that is beyond what we see or beyond what we know. And in doing so, he sends Eve this great affirmation of his grace by a child named Seth. But he's not done. God's not done in his work. Because to Seth, to him also, there was born a son. And here you see the beginning of all of these generations of scripture and of people. And the son born to Seth, he called his name Enos. And then Men, which would imply humanity, men and women. It's not a biased, sexist statement in scripture. Don't be so naive and immature. People began to call upon the name of the Lord. If you read a different translation, it will say people began to worship God. There was a beginning. Do you catch this? By Adam and Eve learning to make it happen, it led to a point somewhere in the future where people, people began. In other words, there was a first time where humanity began to call on the name of the Lord. Where people began to realize in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of pandemics, in the midst of personal challenge, you can call on the name of the Lord again. And in doing that, this beautiful picture of redemption helps us understand the power in our lives of making it happen regardless of the expectations people place on you or that you have placed on yourself how you feel about yourself what lot life has given to you you can be an overcomer by making it happen because God is a God who redeems and gives grace so let's break this down and let me give you three ways In your life that you can make it happen. As we learn from this final glimpse of the life of Adam and Eve. And the first thing that I understand as I look at these two. And as I process life with many of you personally, privately. and As I continue to work with you as your pastor and as your friend and as the church. For all of you in the family that I love dearly and that I care about. Here's the first thing that you understand about making it happen. Moments like this. Seasons like this, to make it happen, it requires that you and I get better, not bitter. Moments like this require for you to make it happen and to overcome. That you get better, not bitter. You get better at what God has given to you, not bitter about what he hasn't or what you don't have. And let me be very genuine and honest with you. That is a very hard thing to do. But it's also empowering. It's also freeing. It also moves you out of the junk, of the despair, the discouragement, the doubt The depression that comes upon you in seasons like this. Or other seasons that you've walked through. When you find a way to make your life better. When you make it happen by looking at the silver thread of God in the midst of the tapestry of your life. When you find that silver lining, you're going to move beyond bitterness. It may take you some time. I don't... Disacknowledge that because challenge is real for all of you, for me, for us, for the people that I know, not only in this family but way beyond, in other parts of this country and the world. But listen, for you to be an overcomer, you learn how to get better and not bitter. Here's the beautiful thing that we talked about a few weeks ago. You can't go backwards, so you must move forward. And therefore, how do you do that? Well, Adam knew Eve. Eve knew Adam. They knew one another. And in that, there was this rallying point together for them to support one another in the adventure ahead. In the life ahead. Not knowing what would happen. Not knowing how God would redeem. But yet, they rallied together. And they could have been bitter about what happened. But yet in the midst of life, now flawed, now broken, now challenged, in the midst of that, they got better. How do you know they got better? Well, they knew each other. They knew that they could get one another's back. They knew that they could battle through anything. They knew the history of one another. They knew what mattered. And out of that, they received again from God, from the same God who acknowledged their failure in the garden, the same God also brought them other blessings. I mean, this passage, to me, also harkens to the book of Job. You've read the book of Job. And what you realize about the life of Job is that he's blessed. And then he faces great challenge. And yet he trusts in the Lord even in the midst of great despair. And he comes out on the other side doubly blessed and better. Would you like to have that happen in your life? Well, get better. Not bitter. Make it happen with what God has given Not with what you think he should give. That's a very real, challenging, raw, personal lesson. And we all are going to face it. I'm facing it. You're facing it. We face it in seasons like this. And it will happen again for you. But you continue to look. Okay, God, what you've given. How can I embrace this and get better with it? Not moving backwards, but moving ahead and being able to do that. Here's how you succeed. I, I wrote this one because even in the midst of this pandemic was something I wrote in my journal. I think this is appropriate to Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. Success in your life is contingent on discovering what it is that you can do, that you want to do, that you are gifted at doing, that you can get better at doing, and then focusing on, On it and doing just that. Let me say it again because I think this is a principle for getting better in our lives. Not getting bitter in the midst of moments like this. Challenges like this. Flare ups like maybe coming our way. Transitions. All of that that would tax you emotionally, personally, physically, spiritually. Listen, move beyond it. Get better, not bitter. And how do you do that? Success is contingent on discovering what it is that you can do. That you want to do. That you are actually gifted at doing. That you can get better at doing. And then focusing on it and doing just that. That will remove that seed of bitterness in your life and it will help you become a better person. How do we know this? Cain and Abel... Were each different. The rest of the story that we didn't read talks about their differences, right? But yet in the midst of their differences, they were given abilities, callings, opportunities, things that they were good at. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Honestly, I can appreciate him. You know, he reminds me uh, of the old song, A Country Boy Can Survive. You know, he knew how to make it happen, right? And then you have Abel, who is a keeper of sheep. They each were gifted in a different way, being able and called to do something. And what happens to Cain? The reality of what happens to Cain is he got bitter, not better. Think about it. The reality of what happens to him is he lost sight of what he could do, what he was gifted to do, what he had been given to do, What he could get better at doing. And instead of doing that and focusing on that, he shifted somewhere else. And that ultimately led to a spiral, a death spiral in his life and in others that was totally uncalled for. And so with that, we can learn that in life you get better by focusing on what it is you can do. That you want to do. Nobody is keeping you from doing what God has given you called you, gifted you, and placed in your heart that you would like to do. Nobody in this world is doing that. Listen, we all live in a generation where there's more rules. Don't do this. Now don't do this. Hey, don't see your family at Thanksgiving, right? Uh, You know, all types of things happen right there. And I get it, right? But you will get better as an individual. We're not just talking about physically. We're talking about the whole being that God created you to be. But finding what it is you can do, that you want to do, that you have been gifted to do, that you can get better at doing, focusing on it and doing just that. And that right there is something that we learned from Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel on how they overcame to get better, not bitter. And I understand in life some people will put expectations on you that they themselves will not keep. Um, they will press you to make it happen. They will press you to get into that. You will press yourself. You will press yourself, listen, to meet the expectations of others, expectations of yourself. But at some point, you get to a place where genuinely it's about what you can do, what you want to do, what you've been gifted to do, what you can get better at doing, focusing on that, doing just that. And overcoming because you simply get better. That's good, isn't it? And that's what overcomers do. They learn to make it happen by getting better, not bitter. Number two, when I look at Adam and Eve and I see this passage, uh, I also learn that overcomers learn to let their obstacles become their opportunities. Overcomers learn to let their obstacles become their opportunities. We are all going to face obstacles in moving ahead. Always. But every great thing in life requires an obstacle to strengthen you, to make you better. It is the moments of your deepest, darkest pain that show you who you are, show you your fortitude, show you your capacity, God-given capacity. And if you can face those in your moments of great challenge and choose to get better, not bitter... And choose to let that obstacle turn into your opportunity, my friends, you are not only on the pathway to overcoming, you are on the pathway to thriving. And that's genuinely my desire for you. Because that's who God, even in the midst of great challenge, created Adam and Eve and their children to be. Obstacles become opportunities. What are the obstacles that were faced in this passage? Well, change was beyond their control. So let me ask you this. How much change do you control? Control is such an interesting word, right? Because um, truly, none of us have control. Truly. I mean, you look at the world today and and you don't know how long you're going to live. You don't know how much you're going to have. Um, You might actually feel like you have control or you might feel out of control, like you never had control. It's an interesting word. Change is beyond our control. It's going to happen. It can become an obstacle to shut you down or it can become an opportunity to move you ahead. It can become an obstacle that creates grieving, but grieving for a season creates joy in the morning. That's what scripture says. And therefore you take whatever obstacle, whatever change, whatever difficulty, whatever pandemic, whatever personal thing. It is an obstacle and I understand what it creates in us emotionally, personally, physically, spiritually, even, even mentally. I understand all of that as I've walked through this with many of you through this season of life. But your obstacle is your opportunity. What has been brought to you by change is your opportunity to get better, not bitter. To move forward, not backward. And to be able to become someone else that God has given you a moment to become. I wrote this one in my journal. The journey of a thousand lifetimes. Or you might write this, the journey of forever. The journey of eternity. It begins with just one step. And one step per day adds up to the success of a lifetime. One step. You have obstacles that you faced in your business. You have obstacles that you faced in your relationship. You have obstacles that you faced perhaps even personally and deeply. You have obstacles that you faced maybe in your education. You have obstacles that you faced all around. But listen, obstacles open the door for your opportunities. That's what they do. And one step forward each day adds up to this beautiful journey of a lifetime. One step forward toward forever will get you to where you want to be. That's how it works. That's how life works. That's how making it happen works. And the obstacles that were thrown at Adam and Eve, they continued to overcome. They continued to make it happen. Even after this grieving moment of losing Abel, it did not stop them from seeing the redemption of God in the next chapter of life. It did not stop them from becoming the people that God wanted them to be. How do you know that? Seth. Seth, who was the redemption of all things broken. Enos, who led to people actually beginning to go, wow, God is with us. God is for us. And we need to call on him more than anyone else. More than anything else. We need to listen to his voice more than the own voices that we have in our minds, in our hearts, or the world, or the culture, or the noise. We need to tune all that out and we need to call on the Lord. That's what Seth and Enos show us in the midst of life. That even your obstacles become your opportunities to get better and to draw closer to God. All of it is about drawing closer to God. In the midst of brokenness, in the midst of challenge, in the midst of your Eden gone wrong, in the midst of all of that, God is with you. He never left. And he's still for you. And he still loves you. That's who he is. So our obstacles become our opportunities. And it is one step forward each day that adds up. To forever in a lifetime of success. And Adam and Eve ultimately would experience this in the redemption of their relationship with God, the redemption of their relationship with one another, and the redemption of their relationship with all of those around them. And that brings me to the final thing that I see about how to make it happen in life. Remember, number one, you get better. You don't get bitter. Hard to do, but yet great victory comes with it. Get better not bitter. Number two, you let your obstacles become your opportunities. So whatever obstacle has come your way during this season of life, it's only an opportunity for you to get better. It's only an opportunity for you to experience more of God's blessings. You may not see that today or feel it, but that's what it is. And therefore that brings me to the third and the final thing about how you and I as overcomers can make it happen in the midst of life. And that is, we have to learn how to be a blessing and not a curse. You have to learn how to be a blessing and not a curse. See, the whole thing about Genesis chapter 1 through what we've read today, Genesis chapter 4, is that there are blessings, great blessings, and there are great curses. Let me tell you something. The world has enough curses on it already. And by the way, most people I know are living under enough curses themselves. Curses over what they've done. Curses over what? Has happened to them what they've been through. Curses are real. They are a part of walking in a broken world. Why would you add to that? Why would we add to that? Now I realize the natural tendency is to call a spade a spade, right? (laughs) I realize the natural tendency is to point out the failures of someone else. That is very natural. That is very human. But the most supernatural thing you can do is learn to be a blessing and not a curse. People need blessings, not cursings. I need to be blessed, not cursed. You need to be blessed, not cursed. That is how life gets better. It's how you overcome your bitterness. It's how you overcome obstacles. And it's how you help other people. Other people get better, not bitter. Because they're dealing with their own bitterness. It's how you help other people open up their opportunities. Because they're dealing with their own obstacles. You learn to become a blessing to others. Not a curse to them. Because the world has enough curses on it. But Adam and Eve show us this glimpse of blessing. They bless. And they are blessed by God with Cain and Abel. Yes, their story. I get it. But come on. They're blessed there. They're blessed again with Seth who is the story of redemption moving forward. And then you also see they are blessed with Enos, who teaches people to finally call on God. It took a generation, but they got there. They got there. And what a beautiful picture of how it works when we learn to be a blessing to those around us, not a curse. If you're going to err in life, err on the side of being a blessing. If you're going to err in life, err with grace Air with generosity. Air with goodness toward those around you. Those around you that genuinely, authentically love you, and those that you genuinely and authentically love. Air in that direction. Learning to become a blessing to those around you. Oh, and by the way, irregardless of what people think, be a blessing. Be a blessing. Choose to bless, not to curse. Because everybody I know is dealing with some kind of curse. Help alleviate that burden by learning to be a blessing. Uh, The reality is in this season of life, uh, I have learned uh, through a lot of people, and this is not negative, but I want to tell you how to make it happen and how to overcome. Uh, There are a lot of things that have to be acknowledged. And depression, discouragement, doubt, thoughts of death, those are real. People that I know very, very well, I understand they have walked through those things very genuinely and authentically. And and, and I would like to say to all of you, both in the room and those of you online, as I look into the camera with you, and by the way, this isn't some presidential moment to get your vote because I don't need your vote because I genuinely do love you. Here's the reality. Those are moments where people need to be blessed. They need to be acknowledged, not separated, isolated, not treated poorly like they weren't walking through it. But they need someone to rally beside them and at least help them some get through it because those moments are real. And what do you do in moments like that? You learn to be a blessing to them because they need it more than you will ever know. And not curse them. Not deny them of humanity. One of the greatest challenges that I've seen with some of the people that I've walked through is that it is true that in our country during this season of life, suicide has gone through the roof. It's exponentially up. Now, while that may not be you or you, it is some people and it is real to them. And what those people need in moments like that is someone... That recognizes and acknowledges genuinely who they are and what they're going through. And who cares enough to acknowledge and stand beside them to build them up. And not ignore them. And not pretend like they're not walking through that. I've had families that I've walked through that have lost some loved ones. Even as a part of this church and connected to this church during this season of life. And as I've walked through those moments with them, the whole statement that the family has made is, I wish I would have. So can I tell you something? Don't ever walk through life wishing you would have do something about it. When you find that in someone else, when you find discouragement, when you find challenge, do not turn a blind eye, a deaf ear to it. Show enough compassion for the people that you know to be able to stand with them and pull them out of the pit. Why? Because you're committed to being a blessing and not a curse. The curse causes us to run, to hide, to shut down, but the blessing allows us to build up and to stand with people in that moment. It is real, ladies and gentlemen. And so to acknowledge that with the people that you care about is a way that you can be a blessing, not a curse. If you are walking through that, let me encourage you with this. Um, And you're like, wow, pastor, what a great Thanksgiving word of encouragement. Right. But let's be real. Here's the thing. If you're walking through that, get help and be a help. Get help and be a help. If you're not walking through that, be a help to someone else. And don't just put them on your prayer list and not pray for them. Put them on your prayer list and pray for them. Don't put them on your prayer list and tell everybody else they're depressed. (laughs) If you do that, you deserve a good slap from the Lord, right? That's just not good blessing. That's cursing when you do that. Stand with someone when they're walking through those moments because they need you. And not because you need the information, but it's because you genuinely, authentically care. You want to be a blessing, right? Not a curse. And as I've walked through people through this season of life, I've learned that's what overcomers do. They learn to be a blessing, not a curse. They make it happen. They figure out a way to affirm those that they care about and genuinely love the most. So be a blessing, not a curse. And in the end, by making it happen, you will find the strength of ultimately God's grace in who he's called and created you to be. By making it happen, not getting bitter, but being a blessing, right? Getting better. uh, Not letting your obstacles keep you down, but letting them be doors that open before you. Um, By being a blessing and a curse, you will find the strength of the presence of God. You will find the strength of who he's created and called you to be. Um, You will find that you are being true to yourself. And ultimately, you will find that you are surrounded by those that you genuinely and authentically love and that genuinely and authentically love you. What you see in this moment of great challenge is that Adam knew Eve. Eve knew Adam. Their kids were a part of this process, right? There were people around them that supported them in this process. And together... In the midst of a broken world, in a challenging world, in the midst of life, they made it happen. My friends, that's who you are today. You are overcomers. Let me tell you something. As your pastor, you are deeply, genuinely, authentically, and very truly loved. And with that, my friends, you will overcome. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for those within the sound and the reach of my voice today, who you love, who in the midst of life for them, as they battle through whatever it is that has been thrown their way, they can make it happen by realizing that you are for them, not against them, that there are people that genuinely love them that are for them, not against them. And so, Lord, I pray for all of those today. Help us to overcome bitterness and to get better. God, help us in your name to take the obstacles before us and open before us doors of opportunity. I pray this for all of your children right here today within the sound of my voice. And God, in the midst of this world, may we shine your favor and your blessing and your protection may we shine because we choose blessings over curses we choose to be people who can make it happen with what you've given and who you've given it with we choose your way you're a god of redemption you are a god of good you are a god of second and third and fourth and fifth and a lifetime of chances So in the midst of this world, strengthen what we know to be true, our faith, our hope, and our love, and teach us to overcome all things. God, I thank you today for your Holy Spirit and your work in the hearts of your children. In Jesus' name, amen.